0: Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council podcast. This is not just an ordinary podcast, we are going to be deep dive, review, spoiler-filled discussion about everything and anything that's happened in the TV series The Mandalorian chapters 1, 2 and 3 and I am not alone of course. I'm Alex, your host, I keep forgetting that, the last couple of podcasts I keep forgetting to introduce myself. I'm your host Alex and it is wonderful for you to join us, If this is the first listen You know, welcome. Hopefully we'll keep you entertained for the next hour, hour and a half-ish of everything and anything The Mandalorian-related. If this is a returning listen, thank you very much for your your friendship, your fellowship, your loyalty. Uh, Again, hopefully you guys can get involved in certain bits and pieces of this. Give us your feedback on what you think of The Mandalorian alongside of what we're discussing today. And I'm not alone. Of course not. What a boring review show that would be. I have three other members of the Jedi Council uh, podcast. We don't have a full house today. Mr. Lego himself is absent. Uh, can't be around due to diary conflicts. But we do have my good buddy and brother in the force, Dave. So hello, Dave.
1: Hello, Dave. Hello. We also
0: have the First Lady of the Jedi Council, Miss Mera Ranger. Say hello, Mera.
2: Hello, Mera.
0: Hello. Hello. And we have Mr. Contrary himself. That's the clock. So, hello, Ali. Hello, Star Wars fans. Yeah. Yeah.
3: How
2: would you like that? Oh. We love
0: it. Uh, I, I, if you're being contrary, that's a nice way of being contrary. So, you know, that's cool. All
1: right. I'm, 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 I'm down with
0: that. <laughs> it's too late. You're not supposed to be, I was going to say, you, you started off on a good tone there, mate. So let's continue that through uh, this particular review show. So before we get into the details, um, I'll... One quick answer from each of you. Um, Dave, Mera, Ali, we have all seen the first three episodes of Mandalorian and I just want you guys to give me a one-word uh, one answer to what are your thoughts on The Mandalorian so far? Dave, go first.
3: Can we have five words? <laughs> <laughs> go on then, Ali. What's one? five words? Better
0: than any sequel film. He's already had them. Wait, better than a sequel film? Any sequel film. film. Any sequel film.
3: Any of them from the Disney era. All right. Dave.
1: Feels like real Star Wars. Agree. Agree. Oh,
0: that's that's five as well. Okay, that's good. That's good. Meryl, what about yourself?
4: Well, since they've taken everything. um... (laughs) (laughs) More fantastic original star
0: wars that's another good five words wonderful and i'm gonna go with bloody amazing there you go i know that's only two but hey that's all (laughs) i need to say (laughs) when is a podcast of ours started this positively
3: in a long time about star wars we're all happy well
0: (laughs) we are that's a really interesting thing and and i must admit i'm before we get into the review, I want to get your guys' thoughts. You know, we're all quite active members of the Star Wars social media community. Um, and, you know, we have the Jedi Council Twitter feed. We have our own feeds, v- members of various different Facebook groups, Instagram followers, etc. This is the most unified, positive, happy I have seen Star Wars fans around one particular thing of Star Wars. I don't want to say since the original trilogy, but I'm, But I'm going to hazard a guess and say probably since then. I mean... Yeah. Maybe The 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 Force
3: Awakens. When it came
0: out, a lot of people... Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. But I'm thinking, like, the prequel trilogy really divided fans because, you know, a lot of people didn't agree with the way it went, etc. We're not going to go down to the merits of a... or the missteps along the way of the prequel trilogy. And... We've obviously had things in between then. Um, I think the Clone Wars was quite unified, loved by the fans. But even then, I think there are certain fans that probably didn't see it because it's a cartoon, you know. Um, So maybe I'm a bit, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. Maybe since the Clone Wars is probably the best since then. Obviously, we've had Rebels, which again was really good, but again, a lot of people didn't get into it because it seemed. Being on Disney XD, I think a lot of the fans were quite, "Oh no, it's a kids' cartoon." When actually, it's, it's incredibly deep, as, as we all know from from watching it. But it's a really good time to be a Star Wars fan.
1: What do you guys think? Well, I was just gonna say one one quick common denominator that you've just mentioned on everything there is Dave Filoni.
0: Pretty much,
1: yeah,
2: yeah,
0: you, yeah. You kind of took the words right out of my mouth there because yeah. Rebels, Clone Wars resistance, I so, know that's obviously not, not as good, but still all good things are coming from that man because he learned at the feet of the Master.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And obviously they've continued that with Jon Favreau at the helm
1: for the Mandalorian. Um, but I, I but, do think it's... But Filoni is still heavily involved in this. Mm-hmm. His name is yeah. appearing on the episodes.
0: And rightly so. Um, he's a wonderful Star Wars Star Wars storyteller. Um, and I, it's good to have him in my opinion involved and I'd love mm. to see him more involved in the movies but who knows what's going to happen after episode 9
1: right well this could be his, his chance to step into live action well, it is his chance to step into live action and let's face it the budget's that they're, they're pushing or approaching movies over mm. the course of the season so yeah, maybe this is the, the soft approach to getting him into into a position where he could take over lucasville
3: yeah i mean i don't know if you've seen the the, the um, interviews where he actually kind of says that um where where no, I
2: actually, didn't
3: know. so um He's, he's, he's been interviewed saying, you know, he knew nothing about this process. He's learning a lot from John Favreau in a way, but he sees this as opening up things for the future. And that's why, you know, they've already talked about him doing season two and stuff, because it's part of his journey to go from um, cartoon animation towards live action.
2: Yes.
3: Yeah. I, I think it raises absolutely huge questions that we've been asking for a long time about is this the end for Kathleen Kennedy after this film? I would guess yes. Um, I think all of that's a question because this this is doing so well in the Star Wars universe and it's brilliant.
0: I was going to ask, just very quickly, In obviously as part of the, the respective groups and people you follow, etc. Has anyone seen any criticisms of The Mandalorian?
1: The only thing I saw was something that I think either Ali, I think it was Ali that shared on our WhatsApp group and that was about there being lack of a female speaking part. Which is completely false. Yeah. Which was wrong anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the armourer did speak. Exactly. Um, the
0: the one criticism I have seen is people are saying it's too slow. Um, which I personally don't agree with. Because it's a 30, 35 minute long episode. It isn't too slow. It's paced well enough in my mind anyway, I mean, I don't know if you guys have uh, seen a similar feedback like right that. No. I've
2: not
1: seen
3: it no. I mean, I've, I think you have to think about this series as, as today when earlier about budgets as being very different to most normal series you see. I think it's effectively a film that's been split up into 10 parts. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's, it's basically a six hour film is what it is. And that's why it's half hour bits.
2: I can see ish.
3: that. Yeah, ish. But yeah. Which makes it digestible and you know certainly every Friday, I don't know about you, but I can't wait to see the next episode, so
2: completely
3: yeah, completely legally. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> that that would be my one criticism. Yes. But it's nothing to do with the Mandalorian itself. It's to do with the fact that and I'm sure we'll get into it a bit later. Mm-hmm. The film the, the next film looks like it's going to be tied into the Mandalorian in some way and half the planet aren't going to have seen it by the time Rise of Skywalker comes out. But I get why they have to do this, I understand it's rights and I get all kinds of things. It's just a shame that, you know, some pretty huge markets don't have access to it right now unless you find ways around it.
1: But again, that that comes down to something I've I've mentioned elsewhere. We're going we're going slightly negative already here, but it's more about the fact that for me, Disney, Lucasfilm just seems to have a very U.S. centric approach to the market at the moment.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's too negative because it's just a sort of a uh, it's a mm. it's, it's it's a. It's as much to do with who's got Disney rights in what country as opposed to anything yeah. else. But it's just a shame, you know, they couldn't say like I don't know, pay thirty five quid and get the series as it comes out on Apple or something. Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, well yeah, I was gonna say I don't know why they couldn't just do a short term agreement with someone like Netflix or Amazon and yeah. get the fans engaged. Um, one one of the comments I've made on Twitter um, over the last few days has been a case of. If if they're given an opportunity for fans in the UK, let's say, I'll use use fans in the UK as an example. If they they gave fans in the UK a legal opportunity to start watching the TV show, they would have adopted it. Whether that was Amazon, whether that was Netflix, whatever, they would have adopted it. However, because social media has just been absolutely crazy with what's happening the mandalorian because it's had such a positive reaction across the fans it's meant that if you want to watch it you're having to obtain it using less straightforward means and that means that you then have a route to the mandalorian that avoids paying anybody for the mandalorian the problem then is when the mandalorian does launch in the uk or when the Disney Plus service launched in the UK. Let's face it, the Mandalorian is the only thing I'm interested in anyway at this point in time. Obviously, when Obi-Wan Kenobi is made, when this possible um, Thrawn is made, when um, the Diego Luna Cassian, uh, Cassian-, Cassian- Andor is made. Yes, I'll have more interest, wider interest. But at the moment, it's just the Mandalorian. And... A large proportion of people will have found alternative methods of watching it. So why then pay a £6, £7, £8 subscription for a show that they've already watched?
0: Yeah, but you could argue that with Netflix. Everything that Netflix provides, you can always find a way.
1: Mm-hmm. You can, but there's so many different shows that you, 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 you accept the fact that the easiest way of accessing them all is to do it via the subscription method but what Um, what you'll have done is actually developed an entire fan base who have circumvented the rules because they've got no choice in the matter and so that entire fan base who wouldn't normally have looked for alternative methods have had to look for alternative methods so when the legal methods appear will they adopt them or will they just continue with the alternative methods because it works
0: i think they will purely because you can see how good the quality is and therefore you want it properly. Because as someone who's had to find a way, um, I'm not seeing these on my big 60-inch TV that I've got. I'm having to watch it somewhere else. However, when it comes to Disney+, Plus, you'll be able to stream it on a bigger TV, so therefore there is a ways and means and you'll probably enjoy it a hell of a lot more mm-hmm. on a bigger screen than you will do on a smaller screen. Because as a converse way of thinking about it, Netflix. I'm a huge Marvel fan, as I may not have been clear previously on other podcasts, but I am. Um, Daredevil, three seasons, Iron Fist, two seasons, Luke Cage, two seasons, Jessica Jones, two and a half seasons, Defenders, The Punisher. I didn't have Netflix until two months ago. Yeah, I've seen all of them. But it didn't stop me then buying Netflix because I knew that I could watch them all over again. Yeah. You know? So it's an interesting conversation to be had, and I think that Disney's position with Disney plus is hard because prior to the creation of Disney plus they've had to market position and have contracts in different countries in different setups etc to get rid of their content because they had no platform to do it themselves so they while they are providing the content for the fans somehow yet when they decided to bring out their own platform it's bit them in the bum because you know Star Wars is a big market for the uk um but they are stuck in a contract now unless they try to force their way out of a contract potentially but if you're going to force you out of a contract you're going to be paying more money than you would do anyway so therefore is it worth it um not to mention what will be the uptake in the uk of disney plus i think it'll be quite high numbers to be honest with you um because i've seen the content that's on there and there's a huge amount of content. Forget The Mandalorian just for two seconds, because they've pretty much got every single back catalogue archived Disney movie on there. The Star Wars saga, all in 4K. I can't wait to get it because I'm so looking forward to watching the original trilogy and the Pequel trilogy in 4K. It's going to be brilliant and I'm going to hook it up to my TV and I'll probably take the day off work and I will binge watch every single movie <laughs> because it looks brilliant. 4K Star Wars, you, you know, I, I got hyped up when it got released in HD, let alone in anything else. Um, so I think Disney Plus will do well. And I it's, it's a horrible position for them to be in because, you know, if you spoke to somebody at Disney and said, you've got to wait six months to give it to the UK market, I bet they're going to be kicking themselves. Yeah. That's a massive assumption on my part, but um, bringing it back to the Mandalorian <laughs> um, has become a full fine circle. You know, what's a, what's a Jedi Council podcast without a deviation in the topic of conversation? Let's be honest. Um, so quick take of the tape for the Mandalorian. Um, it was released on the 12th of november um which was two weeks ago and unlike other streaming services they have released the mandalorian in the good old-fashioned way which is weekly releases apart from the first two episodes because it was done two in one week but obviously that's a very special reason for that because they had an episode on launch um and in this podcast we're going to be discussing uh, chapter one chapter two the child and of course chapter three the sin uh, chapter one was directed by Dave Filoni. Dave, to your point earlier on, um, good to see his name on the credits in that. Um, written by John Favreau. Uh, episode episode two, whoops. Uh, chapter two uh, was directed by Rick Famiua. I think that's how you say his name. Again, written by uh, John Favreau. And chapter three, The Sin, was directed by by Deborah Chow and again written by John Favreau. I think John Favreau wrote all of it. Um, mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, if you know otherwise, guys. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought so. Um, so, first, let's let let's jump into Chapter 1. Five years after Return of the Jedi, we are thrown into the world of the Mandalorian, the New Republic, as it is known uh, back then. Um, Dave, upon seeing Chapter 1, what were your thoughts? Because I know that there was one thing in particular for this episode that kind of caught your attention not necessarily in a bad way but you thought it felt a little bit different
1: yeah um I, I, it's, it was something i noticed that i've I, that I, I even said at the time has become less of something that i notice um okay. and it was it's the I, new I, because i remember saying at the time it could be that this will become more normal as i see more of it and, and it has been um so the first thing that that really struck me was the the lack of a John Williams esque soundtrack. So when you look at all other Star Wars media, and whether that's film, whether that's TV shows such as the cartoons, or even the computer games, um, you always have John Williams esque music so something that's derived from the original John Williams style if not actually done by John Williams so that they'll they'll use other composers on rogue one and on solo and they've they've used other composers in rebels and the the clone wars however it still has the same feel as the John Williams music music of the saga and and this was the first time i think that it's ever happened for me anyway first because it was it wasn't very noticeable because it, it wasn't there i think there was no john williams s music and that was that was my immediate takeaway from it I, I, that doesn't detract from the fact it was a great tv show and i loved it and then really enjoyed it but you did sometimes find there were there were certain moments when i just felt you could have got away with with a bit of their their style of music just to pull certain things in. One, one noticeable bit for me, was the bit where you saw the, the Mandalorian walk into a room to meet the client, um, and you saw a number of stormtroopers, and there were, there were stormtroopers in, in dirty armor, unkempt, um, and I just felt, you could've got away there, with almost like an imperial march, maybe even done off-key, just to show almost like a broken empire. Um, and so, so for me, that was that was the only thing that I took away from that first show that I actually thought, that could have been done better. Because other than that, I don't think there was very much that could have been done better. It, it was a great way of introducing the Mandalorian and who he is and what he does. Um, and it was a great way of introducing some of the other Key characters of the the show.
0: And interestingly, when you was kind of going at the start of that, you said that you found it less noticeable as the seasons progressed.
1: Yeah, yeah. So episodes two and episodes or, or chapter two and <clears throat> chapter three. Um, I haven't noticed it, um, but it's now becoming the norm. So it's it's it doesn't. I don't notice that it's missing if that makes sense now, because and when I watch. It's just the music of The Mandalorian now.
0: And it fits, I think. It does. It does. When, when you look at the way that the, mood of the movie, when you look at the way the show is positioned in this Western, space mm. Western-esque type movie, the, 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 the music kind of fits along really well. It kind of feels like a um, bit of a throwback, for want of a better word. Even, even the show and it's kind of the way it's named, you know, chapter one, the child, the sin, you know, the the fact that you have the buyer, the client, the mm. target, the it's this, the this. that. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah there's, there's no real, there's no names. Um, we know who they are because, you know, we've seen everything that gets released about it and stuff. But within the concept of the TV show, there's no reference of get this, you know, go see this person, go see that person. It's just I'm the client, that's the target. That's the planet. Off you go. It's quite an interesting way that they're taking it. It's very much like a, a real traditional Western type TV show. Yeah. Meryl, Meryl, how did you feel about the music? Was it something that kind of stood out for you, or were you kind of just rolling with it because it was just fitted? Or you know, what did you think?
4: Well, I admit that. Um, I mean, anything Star Wars. We've been used to something that is. Um, connected musically to the others, like Dave said. So it was, uh, it was noticeable. um, And I stopped myself immediately saying, Well, this is about some but something else. This is about um, the Mandalorian. This is not about necessarily the Empire or you know, the Skywalkers. um, So I let myself I let it go and let myself just really get immersed into the atmosphere that um, Favreau is, was wanting us to go in. And, and you're right. It did remind me a little bit of those spaghetti westons with Clint Eastwood, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but,
4: but better, but you know, cause the dialogue is not over, over, mutt. you know, it's, it's uh, it gets to the point. Uh, things are well acted and, um, nuances and things that you don't have to have a lot of dialogue for i was really impressed with that but yeah i mean at first it was like i was expecting that but then i'm sort of glad that it didn't because this is totally unique to this character and his uh, journey i guess for lack of a better word we're only three chapters in so yeah yeah that's yeah
2: that's
0: kind of where where i was thinking as well and Ali you, you know we were fortunate enough to be in Florida uh, when it dropped so we were actually away together and kind of we waxed lyrical about this when we first met up after watching it but um, what are your thoughts when it came to the to the music side of things it reminds me a lot of Rocky
3: and actually it reminds me more of Rocky the more that I hear it um, I'm the opposite of Dave actually I notice it more after three chapters than one but I don't it doesn't bother me it doesn't bother me, but I I understand when Dave talks about the importance of music in Star Wars, it's it's an intricate connection to it. Um, so it's it's kind of nice to hear something a bit different and fresh. But I think I think what what it is is it's a very clear break from Skywalker Saga, which which Dave and others have have called for previously, and I feel like disney have listened to us and lucasfilm they've listened to the fans fans at last i think they've taken some of the feedback that's been given and they've created something which has uh it's, it's it's very well written in my view um full of little surprises but also there are nods back to the past for diehard fans which i think is is really really good but, um, as you say, it, it's quite refreshing to see sort of a, a space western because we haven't really seen one for many years. So I, I just feel like it's a, it's a really refreshing piece of, uh, of, of creation by the team at Lucasfilm and Disney to create something so different from, from what we've seen for a while. Okay. And I'm really enjoying it.
1: You, you know what it reminds me of, and we discussed this, Oof, when we first saw the very first trailer, Or scissor wheel, reel type of thing. It reminds me of Firefly.
3: Yeah, you did. Yeah, I remember that. And you're right; it does actually. Yes, I see where you're going with that.
1: So I just, yeah, again, was like a Waston in space.
3: Yeah, yeah, but that was what was that? Late nineties, early two thousands.
1: Yeah, it's got twenty years old.
3: Yes, it's kind of twenty years since we've seen this sort of approach, and I think. I mean, to, to your earlier point as well, Alex, about the fact that um, John Favreau appears to be writing this, and um, it's it's out there, you know, that it, people were coming up with ideas. He was rewriting scripts overnight. He was coming up with things because a he was he was using sort of Dave Filoni and others as, as reference points to what could happen. But but it felt like it's it's a continuous story, and that storytelling has been obviously lacking particularly in the sequel trilogy but also in other areas because um what 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 i've realized is um so i watched the the force awakens when we flew over to america um, and i really i really enjoyed it as a standalone film and the reason i didn't like it before was because it's a rehash but as a film it's a good film because the storyline is obviously great because it's a new hope but what i've realized is, is i don't go back and watch I I like Solo as a film, but it doesn't have much repeatability for me, if that's even a word. I don't really think, oh, I'll go and watch Solo today. But with this, I do. I, I go back and I've watched the episodes three times now because I'm looking for extra dimensions that I didn't see before, better understanding of plot lines, looking at what people have put out on Twitter and thinking, is that right? And I haven't had that with any of the Disney, really, the Disney thing, that urge to keep going back to it. Yeah. And I think that's a
0: huge difference to me. Totally. It's funny, because when, when you say what it reminds you of, David, you said Firefly, I'll tell you what it reminds me of. It reminds me of the first 45 minutes to an hour of A New Hope, because it's on a desert planet. Again, we don't know the name of the planet. A lot of people are guessing it's it's, it's Tatooine. It doesn't necessarily have to be. But when you think of how... Han Solo was kind of positioned as this cowboy, for want of a better word. You know, he's got his gun on his hip, the waistcoat, they're in a cantina, they're in a bar. That's how they meet. It's all a bit under the table. Um, It did feel very much like the first 45 minutes of A New Hope because you've got all the similarities. Now, there are differences, obviously, uh, but nevertheless, the kind of look and feel for me. Was, was very much similar to that and, and they've obviously taken the concept of that space western and just run with it and and, and it's really working
4: are there jawas um on other
0: planets great question mayor this is the interesting <laughs> part because when you look at the black series figure that's come out in association with this they are called outer rim jawas
2: Mm-hmm.
0: or out of Planet Jawas or something like that, which then makes you think maybe it's not Tatooine. But if it isn't Tatooine, you know, they've got the sound cooler they've got Jawas. They seem to be very familiar, um, clearly speaking the same language from what we can
1: tell with A New Hope. But um, maybe, maybe not. Well, the only problem with that, well, I would say the only problem with that as a theory mm-hmm. that the, the sorry, the problem with the theory that you only get Jawas on Tatooine is the fact that you had Jawas on this unnamed planet where the bounty was, but you also saw a Jawas on the planet that he went to deliver the, the bounty to. So you've seen them on two planets within the Mandalorian.
4: So they're probably native to Tatooine, but branched out.
1: Yes, okay. I see them as being on other planets. hmm I've, I mean, I've never seen them as one planet only.
3: But this is what's really good about The Mandalorian is is we're having these questions about where do they come from? Where's this? And it all makes sense in terms of the storyline, which we haven't even started looking at yet. Ooh. But it makes sense, all of this. And it's great that we can debate these issues mm. in like a really positive way that we haven't been able to do now
1: for what feels like three or four years. I know. You, 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 bizarrely you know i'm thinking that come december i'm going to be disappointed in the cinema found,
3: well yeah i mean I, I think possibly i mean it's yeah i've yeah.
1: i don't think it can live up to the mandalorian i, I'm not, I don't I, I'm, d- I, I don't think jj J. abrams with hundreds of millions of dollars can get close to the mandalorian
3: I, yeah, I think that comes down to storytelling. But I, yeah, I agree. But I do think also, um, to, to your point earlier, Dave, about the UK, US being treated differently, uh, as uh, Don't forget, so Alex and I have been to Galaxy's Edge very recently. Mm. And actually, I was kind of surprised that there wasn't that huge amount of difference in merchandise there to what I've seen in the London Disney store. But I think that's becoming clearer. And I think it's because of the Mandalorian and because of Rise of Skywalker, they are keeping everything so tight. Um, Mm. I assume we're going to talk about Baby Yoda in a second. The fact that... Oh, you're giving it away. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But the fact that there's none of that merchandise and, you know, it it would be someone, something that Catherine probably could tell us more about than anyone, Alex. But um, the fact that it takes a while to develop these products, but they've had Mm. to keep it so quiet because Mm. they wanted the storyline to be protected I think that's such a refreshing
0: change. The Lucas film. Yeah, it's happened. It's happened in the past where I think it was um, was it the Phantom Menace when they released the CD. Right, that's how long ago it was. It was a CD. Oh,
3: yeah.
0: And, and the tracklist had, I think it was the death of Obi Wan. No, the death yeah. of Qui Gon Jinn was the name of a track.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And all of a sudden, the the, the Star Wars fandom universe just went absolutely bananas. Like what are they doing? You know, they completely messed up. And I think since then they've been really delicate in how they release stuff. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the the music for each of these chapters is getting released on various different platforms on a weekly basis at the same time as the show.
2: Yeah. Mm.
0: So, So, you know, if, if they've got a track called baby Yoda, I don't know if they do whatever, but you know, if they release the track saying baby Yoda, the whole, the whole fandom will just go completely bananas and lose their mind. And they yeah. don't want that to happen. It's the same with the product, you know, to your point, Ali, yeah, the, the baby Yoda cuddly toy popping up in Galaxy's Edge this week, which is a shame because it's a week after we left, but nevertheless, it's there. You can buy a cuddly toy baby Yoda and you're like, they're, they're kind of learning as they go. I think Disney are really starting to, I don't want to say this too early because we, we don't know what's going to happen, know what's happening with episode nine, but it seems that Disney are kind of actually learning from their mistakes, which is a good thing. Yeah. I mean,
3: I know we're going to talk about Galaxy's Edge another time but my point to people who haven't been there would be I felt Galaxy's Edge was more for adults than for kids in many many ways it's it's for Star Wars fans it's incredible but don't go there thinking it's normal Disney it's not it's it's nothing like anything else in Disney which in a way isn't that shocking but but I think people who love Star Wars like Star Wars, <laughs> like Dave and Mera, will get so much more out of it than a five-year-old. So I think they're learning.
1: Yeah, I I would agree that this is aimed at a mature audience.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's that's an interesting thing to say, there, Dave. I mean, have you shown your boys
1: any of these? Not at the moment, no. But that's mostly because I'm watching it on a screen on my yeah, phone, yeah. <laughs> would, would and you it's have very any... hard to all together <laughs> around. <the phone. laughs>
0: would you have any hesitancies to show them?
1: No, no. Well, Williams. I about mean, William will be thirteen in three days, um, and George will be ten before Christmas. Um, really great family planning there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, the I would say that they would both enjoy. I'd say William would probably enjoy it more, but then he is that little bit older. Um, I think he would take more away from it than George would. At this point in time, George would absolutely love the baby. I don't. I, I don't want to call it baby Yoda because it's Yoda was a person, and you might as well call it baby Yaddle as much as baby Yoda. Um, the the, the the youngling that is the centre of the, the, the story at the moment.
0: That's, okay, so that's a good deviation. Let's actually start to look at the story that is built for the Mandalorian. So, at a very high level, we jump in, uh, we see the scene from the trailer that is effectively what we've kind of seen already. Uh, the Mandalorian goes in, gets his first catch of the day, as it were, takes oh. him back. So, one thing that I wanted to just call out on this piece, Carbonite. Mm. Whoa, 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 Mera. you know, we've we've seen Empire Strikes Back, God knows how many times as a collective, and you see the way everything was done from a Carbonite perspective, there was quite a lot of equipment, there was a chamber, there was a lot of people maintaining the, the, the equipment, yet in the Mandalorian, we just see him push the guy in the booth, press a button, and voila, it happens. Now, obviously technology advances over the five years, but how did you feel, kind of seeing the the, the introduction era of, of carbonite freezing?
4: What? I'm like, well, that's convenient and quick. <laughs> and I, yeah, I guess I didn't really, you know, think about it too much, except for oh, well, that's handy. It's like he had these posters hanging. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. how fitting these all on this ship? So I'm like. <laughs>
0: yeah it's funny when he walked past the three other carbonite yeah. chambers it kind of felt like a horror movie at one <laughs> point you know the music the music took a bit of a sinister twist he's walking past then they said dead people not dead people but you know these kind of statues that look quite quite threatening and then he makes a comment and all of a sudden the mandalorians behind him and i <laughs> thought wow that's quite i mean dave to your point earlier on that he's quite you know, grown up in that respect, it did mm. kind of feel like a bit horror movie-ish at that point.
1: Well, you'd already had the scene though where he chops one in half. So you
0: notice they missed out on the trailer, funnily enough.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. I I love that. Yeah, <laughs> he just floppy legs on the inside.
3: <laughs> yeah, 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 it's kind of gruesome. But I, I I get what you're saying, Alex. But from my sort of point of view is i don't really care yeah (laughs) because like i know that it's possible it's not like can you free someone in carbon yes yes you can we've seen it before okay let's just for the sake of argument say they moved it on but i was like oh good plot device and that's what i kind of like about it i know i know what you mean like you could stop and go oh uh but i like the fact that it worked and it and it made sense
0: oh i'm not saying it didn't take me out of the show for want of a bit um but i just found it really weird the way all of a sudden yeah six years later you can carbon freeze people by just shoving them in a box and pressing a button but that's just me being the, the, the uber that i am but,
1: but, yeah. but we'd already, <laughs> yeah, yeah mr contrary yeah <laughs> i was gonna say you'd already seen in one of the trailers before it was launched someone leading carbonate off his mm. ship so, you already knew it was a plot device. Um, I guess you could argue, well, it was... We didn't expect the instant freeze that we saw. Um, but as we said, it's it's six years on. Um, mm. Bounty Hunter Business probably heard heard about it after, obviously, Boba, Boba Fett. And, and Boba Fett would have then shared that with Jabba's Palace. So, everybody in the... Criminal underworld, who was anybody in the Tatooine area, would then know that Carbonite is a viable option for freezing bounties.
4: Well, it could have been a Mandalorian thing, too, all along, and then just Cloud City used it. Well,
1: it could have been Boba Fett. Oh. Could well, I can I- say on, on Cloud City, I was saying Empire Strikes Back, though, uh, Boba Fett wasn't happy that well, they no. were using Han Solo as the um, guinea pig for the system. Because his view was, he's he's worth a lot to me.
4: Well, right, because there's a chance that they won't survive.
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's Vader who decided to use the technology. But then Boba Fett would have seen, well, that works. So why not then? everybody else use it and word gets out? I don't know.
3: But have you seen the scene in Chapter 1 where you see Boba Fett's armour? Allegedly. It's definitely that armour. Now, if he's in it or not, it's a different thing. But but so but if you... There were clear shots
0: of it.
1: Mm, I might miss that. Whereabouts?
0: It's when, when he's they, walking... Sorry, go on, Alex. I was going to say it's when he goes to the, the Mandalorian... on oh,
1: the Armour. Bit. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, he picks up his reward from the client, which, as we now know, is his best car still. I kind of freaked out at this moment in time when he said it was best car. So, Ali, when we spoke, I said to you, oh, my God, they've got best car. You're not a re- you didn't really read a lot of the EU, but Beskar was quite a fundamental piece of the EU. And there was a whole series of books around Mandos, um, which discussed how strong and durable Beskar still was and how it was part of the Mandalorian culture. So again, this goes back to some of the conversations we have as a collective had had and how Disney are lending concepts from the EU. Yeah. Um, and this is a prime example of that. And they have done it, brilliantly because Beskar steel was this durable steel that according to the eu whether or not they bring this into the mandalorian could sustain a hit from a lightsaber so as well, we know like light- go on dave
1: i was gonna say that popped up in rebels though there was the entire episode the arc where they went back to mandalore and sabine had actually invented a weapon which didn't work on normal armor but it would work on someone wearing Beskar armour.
0: Why don't I remember that?
1: It was an entire story arc where she invented effectively a super weapon on Mandalore that only killed Mandalorians in armour and left their armour lying around. Oh,
0: yeah. I had completely forgotten about that.
1: So again, I mean, that ties into the Dave Filoni because yeah. he was involved in both projects. Interesting. And I think back then when there was on about that in the... Re- I'll need to watch Rebels again to, to, to clarify it, but I'm fairly certain they discussed back then that the Beskar was was used. It was superior to Stormtrooper armour. It was superior to normal armour um because it offered more resilience and it was it was stronger than normal whatever they would use plasteel or whatever it is
0: yeah that's interesting and i do like the way that they are tying everything together and you know there's we then obviously see the best guard being melted down to make a shoulder pad it was wasn't it It was a shoulder pad wasn't it yeah um which was which was pretty cool he then gets his next assignment um where he meets an interesting character and i don't know if you pronounce it cool or cool or kill i don't know how to pronounce it i can't remember guys point me in the right direction i have spoken oh, oh. Mm. q nick nolte Q-l? well <laughs> yeah nick nolte yeah yeah the uh, the ugnal um and of course, the the phrase I have spoken has become a thing now, uh, which is you quite interesting. That. Is that again? You can do it better. Come on. I well, as in the voice. Yeah, come on. I've never tried. I have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> that 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 was almost on par with Darth Vader, rather than uh, <laughs> rather than him. But but I thought he was an interesting character um, that obviously comes to help him um and his, his need i don't know his want to help him is quite an interesting one as well to bring peace to his area so that's quite an interesting way to help somebody out what do you guys think
3: i don't think we've seen the end of that guy i mean i think he's got a more important part to play as as, as the chapters unfold i i like i liked the setup but as we now know that every single member of the guild went after this bounty mm-hmm. did he help everyone why did he i was them? thinking that
1: <laughs> yeah was so, he just facilitating get them out of his territory yeah
0: exactly.
3: he's a mediator or was, he, or was yeah. he part of something to set them up do you see what i mean like a double cross yeah because it just it just seems a little bit too simple and a bit sort of and then Alex are we sort of going across all three episodes or are we just stick into the first because
0: well I was going to try and break it down one by one but the thing is there are so many overlapping
3: yeah concepts so, and but go on okay so if you'll forgive me because I'm going slightly into episode 2 here but if you look at the way that he helps him find the place brings him back helps him recover the parts from the Razor Crest helps him repair the ship it all just seems too nicey nicey for what seems like a pretty grim World or, or or grim time for the galaxy doesn't quite add up to me.
1: It's just a nice guy. Up nah. No,
3: nah, they're <laughs> never that nice. Only, only Jedi are nice in, in this world.
1: And there are well, There's no Jedi left. Exactly. Mm. Or, or are there?
3: Well, mm. yes, I think there are. Well, we know there are, but,
1: you know, yeah.
0: I was going to say, we know there are, but ultimately... That's an interesting one. Are we going to see Jedi in this? I hope not.
3: I don't think they will. I think I think they might do in a second or third series. I think they'll keep it apart.
1: Well, f- five years on, which Jedi are we going to have? I mean, you, you Who's the dude in the game you're playing? Possibly, if he survives it. I don't know. Um, but that even that, that set, five years after revenge of the sith right so that's at least 10 12 years before battle of yavin right so i mean, anything could happen to him which is why he then doesn't appear anywhere else
0: well we could see luke
1: or ahsoka yeah. ahsoka. ahsoka luke
0: um if luke
1: has started up his
0: jedi training camp we could see young jedi you know oh that would be awful <laughs> i must admit it's funny when when you speak to people about what they think of star wars a lot of people are like, oh, good versus bad lightsabers they generally seem like you know light versus the dark it seems to be a thing where everybody wants a lightsaber but with the way that they've positioned this show with the theme the western everything like that even the music i can't see the need to drop in a lightsaber or a Jedi. But nevertheless, we do have Dave Filoni and he has really random ways to bring in Jedi like he did with circus so who knows? We've got Force, We've got
1: force use already. Yeah.
4: yeah. Yep. yep. And he's uh, uh, amazing. The Mandalorian's weapon is like nothing, yeah. you know, not normal.
1: Oh, I love his weapon. Yeah.
4: What rifle that's... you got there, buddy.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah.
3: But even that, the, the fact that we now know how disintegration happens, happens is
0: awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, no disintegrations.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just assumed it was the way that the Jawas reacted, but now I've discovered that it works on everybody like that.
0: Yeah, awesome.
3: Oof. that's... <laughs> yeah. I think to, to your point as well, Alex, sorry about lightsabers and Dark and Light, we've almost been conditioned from the sequels to think of everything in terms of there must be balance in the Force, you know, mm. Dark, powerful, dark, powerful light to meet it, whatever it is. But it doesn't have to be that way. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't it wasn't a deal in the first in the first one they were trying to get balance, but what is balance? Is balance Jedi winning? Is that is that what balance was in the original trilogy? Getting rid of the Siths? Because that's what I interpret it to be. And we're in this new world where it has to be no dark and light has to be even. No, it doesn't. And I think that's almost confused Star Wars fans for a while now. Is what the heck is this balance? And it's just nice not to have to be thinking about that sort of stuff for a while. Because you use it to make excuses for other things. Do you see what I mean? Mm We we went that in solo. In terms of. There there
1: was no force.
3: Well, I suppose the dark side was, was winning.
1: Well, it, it was in ascendant, and I suppose we're now in a period where the, the lighting is, a, is in ascendant.
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, but what I mean is, for the last three or four years, all we've been talking about is, oh, there must be balance.
0: No, no, there doesn't. There doesn't. Well, uh, it's an interesting one, because obviously, when you think back to, the, to your point, mate, at the end of Return of the Jedi, yeah. Darth Vader was a good guy again. Yeah, Palpatine was dead allegedly. Well, so we thought. And balance was brought to the Force because there was no dark side users. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember. Again, this is this is EU. But like, there used to be a time where there was a thousand Sith and there was a thousand Jedi, and the the galaxy wasn't at at war per se, but it wasn't peaceful either. But you still had no form of balance in that respect. But if something is something no longer exists the other thing that does exist isn't balanced it's completely in favor of so again it doesn't make any sense but when you look at the mandalorian as a as a as a group of individuals culture planet mandalore the mandalorians have always been bang in the middle there are stories of the mandalorian war where they went on the side of the Jedi. There was a bit where there was a Jedi purge, where they basically killed lot of the Mandalorians, you know. So the Mandalorians have had the short straw in the balance for quite a while. Um, but the way this this has been positioned is that there aren't a lot of Mandalorians left. Again, I'm jumping forward to certain part of episode of chapter three, but we do see more Mandalorians getting involved, and there's obviously the need... I think he actually turns around and says, we're going to need to move the enclave, you know? So there's not, there's not that many either. So it's going to be an interesting theme of where balance from a Mandalorian perspective comes from as well, because even he as an individual, he's, he's riding the, the line of what's acceptable for a bounty hunter because of what he does in the chapter three.
3: Yeah. No one's ever really dead in star Wars is what's coming out or, no, no idea is really dead, and in fact, in one of the Dave Filoni interviews that I've watched, someone actually says to him, "Is Boba Fett going to be back in this?" And he says, "And he says, <laughs> 'No, Darth. I'm the guy who brought Darth Maul back.'" <clears throat> so you know these ideas they come back and around.
0: They do, and so to continue the theme of Chapter One, we then see Mandalorian go off on his hunt um, he has to learn how to ride a blog, which I thought was really cool because the blog have been around in various different shows. And it's an interesting thing to bring them in. And I think they, that it's really interesting. The fact that he has to teach him how to learn. And I love the way that cool, cool again, however you say it turns around and says to him, you're a Mandalorian, you can do anything. <laughs> it's like, goes back to your Rocky theme there. And as if, um, he, he, he's, um, Oh, what was the trainer? Eight, not Adrian. Um, What's Rocky's
1: trainer?
0: I can't remember his his name, but the trainer kind of giving a pep talk to make him see that he can actually do these things. And off he goes. And then obviously we meet IG-11. Um, I'd loved IG-11. I thought he was really cool. Um, Guys, I mean... From a bounty hunter perspective, we obviously was introduced to IG 88 back in Empire Strikes Back. Um, and I remember when when the pictures first came out that there was going to be an IG droid in this show, um, everyone jumped to the conclusion, yes, it's IG 88, brilliant. Then Favreau threw a curveball and said, no, actually, it's IG 11. Um, numbers don't make a difference, it's still a very cool droid, you know. Uh, Dave, as a, as a fellow collector, I've seen that there's a, there's a figure out on this. Are you you're going to look mm. to collect the figure and what do you think of the character as well?
1: I will be after the figure, yes. Mm. Um, so far, all right. just going off on a slight tangent here, compare this to how I came out of The Last Jedi. Last Jedi, I wasn't interested in any of the collectors. Um, the Mandalorian, I've got a Shopping list as long as my arm, <laughs> and, that, and that's that's just of what's been released so far. It's just like, <laughs> um, yes, um, this will drive collectors. Um, this type of output will make money for Disney um, because people will buy, and then that's what that's that's a success. That that shows the success of this type this show. The fact that there is a positive shopping sprees ahead of many fans um but anyway just going back to your your second part of that what was my thoughts i i liked him but and there is a small but here is take you with with waititi isn't it uh i that's mm-hmm. how it's pronounced and for me it reminded me too much of rock in thor ragnarok um because he also played that character it is this slight caricature of what he is if that makes sense um i did like him i can't say i didn't like him but the moment that things start to go a little bit oh we might not get out of this i'm going to blow myself up and and you you had this almost it was it was a comedy element which I did enjoy but it was a little bit it, it perhaps it was milked a little bit too far because every couple of minutes I'm going to blow myself up and then you had the Mandalorian there trying to talk him out. no 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 don't give up we will win this don't blow yourself up and it was maybe there was done too often in what would have been about five minutes other We're- than that Really liked him, and you're not going to get very far as a bounty hunter if at the first sign of trouble you blow yourself up.
0: He's a joy. If he's been programmed with certain ways of working and a joy, chances are he doesn't want to get caught, cool so he could be downloaded or secrets could be obtained from him or something like that. So therefore, that's that's the way that I took it. Anyway. But he would have
1: blown himself up on his first mission then.
0: Yeah. I see what you mean, Dave. I get yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, yeah, I get it. Yeah. If, if, if that is your first reaction to the moment something goes a little bit dodgy, then you're not going to get out your first mission. Maybe that was his first mission.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he super was. Cool off to see him in action, Sorry?
3: I thought it was super cool,
1: though, to see him in action. Like, it was brilliant.
3: It was uh, up- <coughs> the film was awesome The yeah. angles, the sort of just I agree with you by the way It was kind of a little bit forced That like, self detonate thing after a few attempts If you'd yeah. done it once and left it I kind of wouldn't okay with it um, But it was just awesome To see like this amazing droid And we've seen some pretty useless droids In Star Wars down the years um, mm-hmm. To have such an impact I thought it was brilliant, I really loved it
4: Well not everybody can be R2 Um, But anyway, my take on this was (laughs) I liked his entrance, but I didn't uh, I don't know, he started getting annoying Maybe it's what you touched on, Dave Because when uh, Mando You know
1: I was relieved (laughs) What, dear God (laughs) It was almost he became Marvin the paranoid android for a (laughs) while
4: Yeah I was not sad to see his demise <laughs> but he'll be a nice wow. little relaxing toy. To so, in other sure words,
1: don't get on the wrong side of Mera. I was going to say Mera went a little bit dark there.
0: Oh, my. <laughs> but speaking of that particular scene, we obviously see they 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 get their way to the to the um, target. Um, they then stand over this bowl thingy, um, and up pops a young Yoda species, well, I say young, uh, according to the, the the kind of brief, it's 50 years old. Um, like now, <laughs> if I look that good when I'm 50, I'm going to be delighted. Maybe not the colour, but, um, you know, I don't really want to be green, but nevertheless, soft, you know. he looks like you have soft, shiny skin. If I've got soft, shiny skin when I'm 50, I'm going to be really happy, you
2: know. Well, Pete's <laughs> hair.
0: But guys, a quick quick synopsis of your reaction to seeing Baby Yoda. Mira. what were your first thoughts upon seeing a young Yoda species type infant?
4: I was actually very excited because Yoda, Yoda said, he, "Well, we all thought that Yoda was the last of his kind, and to see a youngling or child uh, of his species was." was very exciting to me plus you know doggone adorable who's not going to love that face um <laughs> and some people have said something about the eyes and things like that but you know on a, on a child or a baby the eyes don't develop until they're older so you know um i just had to throw that in because people get picky about little things <laughs> um but yeah no i was very i'm still very excited and then to see what we saw in in chapter two and and was just like, just gave me goosebumps, like the potential of this child, um, and a hope in itself. I, I, that's what, that's what I felt immediately. I was, I'm very excited to see what this child is, um, his purpose, uh, cause it's great. I mean, why else would the, what is it? The buyer mm-hmm. want him so bad and, and to do what they, anyway, I won't continue on, but yeah, very excited. I can't wait to see where it goes. And, yes, he's doggone adorable.
0: Or she <laughs>
4: but yeah, could be a little girl.
0: It could be a Yaddle or yeah. a Yoda. Yep. Or as some people I've seen it on social media recording calling it a Yodel.
2: Yodel a Yodel.
0: Dave, what did you think when you first saw your little Yodel? I do
1: <laughs> Well, I... The, the show dropped whilst I was was in work and so I was then on a complete media blackout between then and getting home so that I could watch it without any spoilers um so for me it was just oh my good god um wow yes it was just just amazement I I didn't know what I don't know where it had come from I, I don't know how it's happened um but yeah, fantastic. Baby Yodel, yes. But yeah, yeah, Is it a baby? I don't know if it's a baby or not. I've heard some people call it a baby, but we've seen it walk around. Babies yeah. Don't, yeah. don't. Yeah. Todd toddler toddler. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking toddler. I
4: think it's apt to say child. Sure, because yes, you, you know Yoda was over 900 years old.
0: Holy crow.
1: Yeah. And it could be that like their childhood is a hundred years or more. Yeah.
0: Well, if it's that small when it's fifty, <laughs> and when when Yoda's like nine hundred and ninety nine in Return of the Jedi, he looks like that. You know, there, there's going to be a, a very different conversation around how quickly these things mature because they they clearly start quite young but get old really quickly in in a, in a manner of speaking. Um, but Ali, what did you think when you first saw? infant toddler yoda Ah, my
3: mind went into overdrive as to how did that thing exist um i think i think and this is only because i've read around it afterwards that yoda's race has sort of been a do not go there type thing Mm. for george lucas for years and years and years people have not been allowed to play with this at all so it kind of makes you think how much did George Lucas have to do with The Mandalorian, which is kind of interesting. But mm-hmm. I, I was just such a, a surprise because I watched it first in our, in, in our group and I literally was like, I just want to talk to them about it right now. I want to, but I couldn't. Yeah. And then you only watched half of it when we went, so I couldn't talk to you about it for that whole day. <laughs> so I was so I was with Alex a whole day in Galaxy's Edge and Disney and I couldn't speak to him about The Mandalorian. <laughs> Because yeah, we went to Disney Plus lords. and I was like, Alex, I? I was literally texting. Like, Are you sure you don't want to watch
0: it all? <laughs> no, no. Selfish, selfish. Selfish. <laughs> I wanted you to show you the highlights of Galaxy's Edge. Let, not not watch a TV show, yeah. um, but I, I think... was dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was being your chauffeur. I had to come and get you. But anyway, that's tr- a different that's a different conversation
2: for a People different time. People don't want
3: to know that you came to my hotel to pick me up every morning, Jeeves indeed oh. they
0: do not um and i'm
3: swiftly ignoring
0: that
2: um
0: it's great i think when to your point when i when i saw it i had a similar reaction to you dave i was like oh my days are you serious um i'd i'd read previously that the show was going to be around a kid causing yes. a personal grievance as it were with the mandalorian to start question what he's doing so I. Uh, I didn't, again, these are spoilers, not spoilers, these are rumours beforehand, so you're like, well, I'll take it with a pinch of salt, see what happens. And then when, when the baby Yoda poked his head out over his blanket, I thought, okay, this is where these rumours are going to be true, and I can completely understand why. And I was kind of blown away that they had even chanced to touch the Yoda species, because, you know, to your point, Ali, george lucas didn't want to go into it he wants to keep things mystical which is absolutely fine but as soon as they pulled back that blanket i was like wow all right this is serious business
4: but you still can i mean the mystique and the mystery i mean look how like in tune this child already is i mean it's instinct it's very being is more sensitive that he's just acting on instinct at this point where, you know, let the baby heal you, you know, just, and he reaches out just instinctively, he's not thinking mm. of, he's like seeing a danger, he's seeing a need and and he's just reacting, and he's doing, and he's not thinking about it. It's, uh, I'm, I'm excited. It's amazing. Do or do not, right?
0: Mm. Nah, exactly. <laughs> I'm
4: about trying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he's a kid, he's like just let me do it. You know, yeah, I
2: want oh, that
0: little thing. It's like when, when you see um I'm jumping ahead to set <laughs> no. to chat to, to the child the child now, but the bit where he tries to help him, where he's got a little cut on his arm and you know, he's walking up to him to try and help him heal him because you know that he can, and he obviously lifts him up and puts him back in his little basket. Um it's endearing to to the character as, as a as both to the Mandalorian to a certain extent and to and to the actual yoda species kid because you know you've got this mandalorian looking at him going, you're just a little baby get back in your basket without really fully comprehending what this thing (laughs) can do and i'm going to jump ahead because i think this is one of the one of the the, the interesting things and we alluded to it earlier on was how the yoda species infant i'm just going to call it baby yoda because i feel like i'm really kind of elongating the description of this particular character but baby yoda just makes this animal beast i don't even know what the name is it's not a reek that it is from
1: no um, i thought that was originally is, is it a, a mud mud horn or something like that i think that's what they called it yes. yeah yeah in the third one he, <coughs> it. he yeah. treated a mud horn
0: a mud horn you know and he just levitated this massive thing using the force and again as i was watching it my my jaw just completely dro- dropped open in mm. absolute amazement that they've not only got a species child that is similar to Yoda, but he is force sensitive and very capable of what using the force. Yeah, I mean, he completely does what he does. I mean, obviously, he completely drains the kid of any energy that it then has because it sleeps for God knows how long. But seeing the force being used in this, Dave, I'll put it into words, mate. How did you feel? Oh, it's
1: just, it is, it is fantastic. I, I, it doesn't feel when you watch the show as well. It doesn't feel contrived. It's it
0: part of it, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you've got the the Mandalorian being beaten up by this um, um, mud horn. Um, he's losing. I'm surprised he even got up after the first couple of hits. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: and then and then. As it starts charging towards him, it's almost a case. Well, you, you know that the Mandalorian can't die in in the first, in the second episode, so you know that he's not going to die doing this. But you also think it's not going to go well. This and then the next minute, it's it's they levitating, and no, it's it's just fantastic, absolutely fantastic. It's if it, I'll go back to it, it feels like Star Wars.
4: I mean, it's just pure instinct. This child sees this, you know, watching this and senses a danger to the Mandalorian and mm. just does what he does.
1: It could just- be that born force sensitive. But, well, yeah. but are well, we allowed to you- go into
3: speculation at this point? I, go for you, now.
0: <laughs> you jump once
1: We step don't ahead know
3: really it. Well. I think I, think but I know it. Because this is the, the one goal. thing which I think is going to connect. Clone Wars and the film big time with what we're, what's about to come out. So we, we're we're all aware of the cloning and the fact that the professor's got the Camino emblem on his shoulder, Beautiful. right? Yeah. And we're mm-hmm. aware about I'm aware about that season two, episode three of the Clone Wars was all about how the Emperor was capturing four sensitive children to create mm-hmm force sensitive and we're all aware that there is something called sith troopers in the next film where everything in it looks like they've got some force sensitive abilities for them so clones and they were trying to extract something from baby yoda in the last bit have they worked out a way to extract some part of the midichlorians that that, that the force connects with and is this what we're going to see is the sith trooper is in fact either clones or it's these kids that have grown up to be these force-sensitive private army for the Emperor.
2: Interesting.
3: Because everything here is so connected up that it's brilliant. If, I mean, that could be complete nonsense. But the fact that when you diagnose it, it all makes complete sense. And, you know, I think, I think we've been lacking that for a while in Star Wars. Because mm. I'm utterly convinced that these are clones Absolutely and there's nonsense, more of them yeah. out there. I'm utterly convinced that this Yoda, baby Yoda, is a clone. might not be Yoda. It could even be
1: Yoda. I mean, Alex, we discussed... I, I was going to say, I don't think that was... A, because 50 years would put it long before the Clone Wars. Yeah.
3: When it's when about we, nine
0: um, years before the Phantom Menace, yeah.
3: When Power yeah. was maybe a senator it's working with the sound- Council... You know, we know that they were starting to build a clone army at that point.
1: Um, well, a t- uh, Attack of the Clones is 10 years later. Yeah,
3: and an accelerated rate, they say. So yeah. give it a That's, bit of time before that.
1: So that would make it 19 years before Attack yeah. of the Clones. Yeah.
3: So it's, it's possible. It, li- it, c- it could line up that he was planning from way before this to start cloning Jedi?
1: Possibly. Possibly. It also then goes down the route, if if you're talking clones here, that Palpatine himself is a clone.
3: Exactly. That's exactly where I'm going with this statement. And
1: and then you tie it into the EU.
3: Exactly. And also, you've got this idea that if you can transfer power, why why couldn't you have done that from Palpatine?
1: Because we already know that they can transfer a consciousness into inanimate objects.
3: Exactly. Exactly. And if oh. they did that in the film, A it would be unbelievably cool. But B, half the planet won't have seen Disney Plus. <laughs> so it would be very weird.
2: <laughs> no.
3: So it's a But if you look at but if you look at the way this show is being released, it's being moved forward the week that Rise of Skywalker comes out because something's tying in at that point. And, you know, Disney could have brought this out at any time. Why now if it doesn't tie in? Mm -hmm. They didn't have to bring it
0: out. That's going to be a really interesting 24 hours because it drops on the 18th of December. That episode, episode 7, drops on Mm. the 18th of December. Which, as we all know, is when it's coming out in the UK. Yeah. So...
2: well
0: yeah yeah so we'll be able to watch that episode digest go to the cinema and then watch episode nine because you then have a 10-day gap between uh, chapter seven and chapter eight which is the last chapter in the mandalorian so it's going to be an interesting time period that 24 hours between that episode of the Mandalorian dropping and, and Rise of Skywalker coming out. Mm. Ooh.
3: But good, though. Good, positive.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Which is so um, nice. <laughs> it is. It is. No, it's, it's very nice. And, and you know, I think, I know we've kind of touched on the false element of, of Chapter 2, um, but I, I'm really eager to get into, into Chapter 3 um, in a minute. Was there anything in particular in chapter two that you guys wanted to quickly talk about other than Baby Yoda using the Force? Mm. Uh,
1: the, it, the entire Jow a bit for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think he even put this on our WhatsApp group that the Mandalorian, he seems a bit of a novice. He managed, <laughs> first off, he yeah. managed to like his ship somewhere where the Jawas could break into it he obviously didn't lock it up very well um, and then he goes chasing the Jawas to, to, to get the pieces back of his ship that they've nicked and I'm sorry but he's, he's shown his arse by the, the um, by the group of Jawas but okay
3: so, is there a computer game where this was a level in the early two thousands, that people have said was like nearly impossible to complete.
0: There was a super Star Wars level on the Super Nintendo, if I remember correctly.
3: So, like, there has been like, so for a lot of people, that that particular scene was having a computer game come to life. Not for me because I don't know it. Um, but apparently, there was really hard to, to do it. So, if they'd made it any mm. easier, it would have looked really weird. I
1: don't know. It, it reminded me as well. You know, Indiana Jones and you yeah. got, is it the Last Crusade?
2: Yeah. Where
1: he's clinging onto a tank and they then drive the tank into the canyon walls.
2: Yeah.
1: It had yeah. that feel for me.
4: Yeah. I think it was a nice little homage.
1: Yeah. I, I <laughs> liked it. Don't get me wrong. I liked it. But I, I did think... Um, I don't he, think it was he something was he was well truly humiliated by a bunch of Jawas.
0: Uh, I think you've been a little bit harsh. Um I mean
4: a, a reputation of being, you know, effective.
0: <laughs> there's a difference between being an effective bounty hunter and an effective trying to break into a metal tank. That's right. We couldn't even <laughs> get he couldn't even get to the top of it. Well he did, but then he got shot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Done? <laughs> you know, like when the lion. When the, the the, the point he made about him not locking up his vehicle I'm like you're dealing with Jawas if they've got equipment they can take vehicles apart I'm pretty certain they can break into a, a ship
4: clearly they didn't need keys
0: no <clears throat> you know um, but uh, yeah, I mean we can clearly see he can handle himself when we look at the next episode true and
4: maybe they need a little comedy you know <laughs> our Jawas got the best of them
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, and if we didn't have that scene, we wouldn't have got to the scene with the egg. Exactly. Um, Which was the, disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, thank you, Mary. You took the words right out of my mouth. Um, yeah, thanks. Oh, that was a did lot anyone else... Egg. I was going to say, did anybody else think the egg was going to be something slightly more important? Yes. Like an egg, you know, like this egg is a, a collectible for want of a better word, or it's worth thousands of credits or whatever but no they just lop the top of it like it a it. egg. Like, <laughs> it's a big <laughs> egg i'm like it's literally just an egg i, I was quite quite surprised that the um oversimplicity um of having just a big egg um, it's but, um delicacy well if you're a jawa well, clearly i mean the, the way they polished it off that was that was quite an impressive way to eat it um but but so that's kind of like what this show is. I mean, it's it's complex yeah. yet it's simple, and yet it takes a twist that you don't really expect, and you're just like what or ooh, we're off. it's working. <laughs> that's a very good point, Mar. I think you've hit the nail on the head. There, it's, it kind of takes you down one direction and then completely down the other one, literally just a few minutes later.
1: Subvert your expectations. Absolutely. <laughs>
4: Absolutely. Don't pigeonhole it. Don't assume that this is what it's going to be because I'm going to give you a nice little twist. And they deliver every time.
2: Yes. So far. Yeah.
0: Because let's be honest, when he gets to the top of the sandcrawler, how many of us thought there'd be about eight different Jowers ready to shoot at him with a stun gun? I, I don't <laughs> think any of us would have predicted that whatsoever. No. No.
4: It was pretty funny. <laughs> And then the child, up, I'm like, are you going to wake up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That was
2: so cute. Hello.
0: <laughs> Chapter three, then. Um, this obviously dropped Friday, just gone. So 22nd of November. So for those of you listening in the future or in the past, as it were, technically to a certain extent, um, we're recording on Sunday, the twenty-fourth of November. So this was obviously released a couple of days. I've seen the episode only once, to be honest with you. Um, but Ali, it sounds like you've seen it about a million times. Three times, yeah. Okay. Yeah, one one a day for the last three days. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, and <laughs> me too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it sounds like I'm in the minority. Dave, how many times have you seen it?
1: Only once
0: good i'm not alone um but i found this episode to be for me anyway the best so far guys what what, what do you think
3: yes
4: yeah 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 and one
3: moment well the whole council agreed there it was probably awful then
0: (laughs) (coughs) we never all agree either that or dave Filoni has (laughs) just done something right if ever I wrote it? <laughs> well, yeah. It's interesting. I've I've actually jumped on the Wikipedia page for the Mandalorian, and Chapter Five was written and directed by, by
1: Dave Filoni. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw that as well.
0: Um, although interestingly, on Chapter Six, I'm going way off topic to some extent, but Chapter Six is directed by Rick from who did uh, Chapter Two. But it doesn't say it was written by anyone. It says the story was by a guy called Christopher Yost and the teleplay by Christopher Yost and Rick Famuyiwa. So that's an interesting way to describe what might happen Mm. in chapter six. I have no idea what they mean by teleplay.
1: No. I suppose that's like the, the screenplay.
0: Yeah, probably. But it's interesting they say that rather than just leave it as written by.
1: Yeah, where well, you agree you with know? that? That's
0: that's coming out on December the thirteenth, so we've got a couple of weeks to wait for that. But jumping back to, to chapter three, the sin. As long as Kathleen Kennedy's nowhere near it, <laughs> <laughs> because she doesn't believe you oh. exists.
2: Scary. No, no.
0: Oh, that that is a topic of conversation for the next podcast. I don't want to deviate from chapter three.
3: Okay, um, you have to mention. Um,
2: Because
0: Um, because
3: you can see from that interview why the current sequel trilogy is as it is.
0: And it explains why this is so good as it is because you've got people in it who accept it. Yeah, and she's not right and involved in it and firing directors every two minutes. I feel like you've got a lot of angst here at the moment for for dear old Kathy. Well, just because this is so
3: good and the rest of it. I actually now find it quite painful to go and watch The Last Jedi. I've tried it three times in the last four months. I can't do it. It's, it's, it's actually become painful for me to try and watch it.
1: I've only but, seen it once. I've still never gone back to it. It's yeah, it means, years.
3: But I'm prepared to give it more of a benefit of a doubt, Dave, and watch it again. But even with that mindset, it just doesn't make sense and lots of it and and it just it's sorry we're going on complete tangent alex all i'm saying is is that the thing that the thing that is a complete no doubt thing which goes through the entire thing is kathleen kennedy and she's been less involved in the writing and the directors and everything in this one and it's a lot better
2: okay
0: my view but back to, <laughs> back to back chapter to three, three. Uh, <laughs> We know that the Mandalorian drops off Baby Yoda. He then picks up his bounty, which is a ton of Beskar. Now, did anybody else have the reaction when they saw what the device was that was given to him with the Beskar? Yes, around? yes, <laughs> yeah. There was a there was a little grin on my face when I saw that ice cream maker, um, <laughs> and I just thought. These little Easter eggs that they're dropping throughout this whole show is is fantastic. You know, from the start of production when they when John Favreau showed the the rifle that he uses, which is obviously very well known because it's the rifle that Boba Fett has in the um, cartoon part of the Holiday Special. <laughs> or well, there's another there's another reference to to the Holiday Life Special. Life Yeah, there's a reference to Life Day. I don't know if you any
4: before carbon just
0: picked up, the pop um (laughs) how the mandalorian's parents in these flashbacks they are wearing the gowns that are worn on life day yeah i thought that was brilliant these little tiny easter eggs that these guys just keep on dropping in um, are absolutely fantastic and he then obviously goes back to the um can i
3: say something at that point there alex because, again, have you seen Ray carrying it in the trailers for the new film? Is it the same thing, though? It looks roughly the same, doesn't it? It might be quite different, but there's no reason that it couldn't be the same. Or at least now explains what the heck it was from back in the day and now what it looks like in the future.
0: It's a safe, basically. Yeah. And she's carrying it towards the Death Star. See, that's it. Yeah, I've seen the... Um... I've seen the, the 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 article around disposing of a myth that's going to happen, and that's supposed to be some sort of pathfinder. But I don't know. It's it's a snapshot from a trailer that l- might look like something, but we don't know what that thing's going to contain
3: at the end of the Mandalorian. That's the thing.
0: At the end of Rise of Skywalker.
3: No, end of Mandalorian. That could contain the essence of Baby Yoda or something.
0: Oh, I do not even talk about a,
3: that. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's a transportation thing. We don't know where this journey is going, but if it is cloning and she's going towards where the Emperor is with this, why not? That's well, a I'm, lot. <laughs>
0: it's a lot of dots that they're trying to connect, isn't
3: it? Well, I, I'm trying to connect it. That could all be nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> But I like it because, you know, you can now, as we said, discuss it and be like, okay, I'm wrong because of X, Y, and Z. But it's like, oh, there's a theme here from original films to TV to what's happening. Okay, good. That wasn't a rant.
1: No, that wasn't. It
3: was was lovely. lovely. Okay, Okay,
1: cool.
3: (laughs) There was quietness. When it goes that quiet, it's like, have I ranted?
1: No, no, you ranted before. We're yeah, mulling. Kennedy.
3: <laughs> yeah. we're, we're
4: mulling over. <laughs> oh.
1: Yes, yes, mulling. That's, that's a good word. More talking, less mulling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. well, you said something that made us think.
3: That's unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> it does happen every oh. now and again.
0: Automakers go, oh, is he still talking? It's oh, Oh, <laughs> oh. 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 Shh. You spend a week with someone and they come up with stuff like that.
2: Probably <laughs> because a miles... week with you.
0: Yes, well, <laughs> is, well, yeah, I was going to say, you need to think about that one, mate. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen you since. There's a reason for that. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's because you made us all sick. Oh, we are deviating from chapter three um, exactly. rather than all the sick talk. But So, <coughs> the other thing that I wanted to... <laughs> the other thing that I wanted to quickly pick out there's a the scene where we have, before we get to the scene within this within this chapter, um, where he gives the Beskar to the Armourer, and he has a bit of a set two with another Mandalorian. Did anyone notice the voice of that character? Favreau. John Favreau. Does
2: anybody... Yeah.
0: yeah. Does anybody know the name of the character of that Vizla. Mandalorian? It's a Paz Vizsla. So... Yeah. Um um again these little little things that they're drip feeding into this show just completely hook me. Um and on the credits it's actually spelt different to Previsla, who is obviously who John Forever voiced in um, Clone Wars, but I find it <clears throat> uncoincidental that they have a very, very similar last name. And personally, as a as a kind of massive fan of the Clone Wars, I totally dug the fact that they brought that in. You know, Dave, you, you, you kind of watched it at the same time as I, and how did you feel when you when you figured that out or when you realised who that character was?
2: No, oh,
1: it's just, yeah. And he also seemed to be a leader mm. of the Mandos. So he's, he's he's not just a trooper by the feel of it. Yeah. He's someone with authority.
0: And I also saw today they're bringing out that as a Black Series figure.
1: Yes, I saw that. Which one? Did, totally. So, did, oh, oh my! Did you see the bit where I'm going into the main scene now? Sorry. Um, when you had death from above with an auto cannon. <clears throat> yep. Dear God Almighty. All right, while we're there, I'm not sure what
3: noise that was, but I'm
2: not sure. (laughs) All
0: right, while we're here, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that scene where it starts off with he's obviously stolen back Baby Yoda um, on the run, takes out a couple of stormtroopers, gets to the open Open clearing, and then all of a sudden hell breaks loose. Where other bounty hunters are going after him, and then to help bail him out at the right time, his crew turn up and just. uh, I couldn't help but smile when I started when this scene was on, and I must admit, I totally thought this is a Clone Wars episode. Mm.
2: Yeah.
0: Yep. Totally.
4: Or even rebels. Is this good?
0: absolutely you know um a hell of a lot of stuff went on in that particular scene and and you know from dave to your point the the gun the blasters and you know the even to this even to the bit before that where they kind of the, the stormtroopers corner the mandalorian um and he uses his um oh what are the little things that come out of his hand i can't remember what the name were um that kill about five stormtroopers like micro rockets yeah uh, yeah, it kind of reminded me of Iron Man. Yeah, um, which, which was probably deliberate. isn't. Yeah, it's not incidental, right? Because it's John Favreau.
3: So exactly at the end, where it literally looks like Iron Man's flying out with him I in the sky, that, that him. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he yeah. literally says, "I got what, to get one of
1: those." I, I thought War Machine actually.
3: Yeah, that's But he directed the first and second Iron Man, didn't he? So yeah. just, just yeah, I loved it. I
1: thought it was quite funny. Yeah, yeah, that reminded me of War Machine.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, for everyone, was that scene your favorite scene so far of The Mandalorian? Uh,
3: yes, but not the most critical of the episode.
0: Almost.
1: It's it's my favorite scene so far. Yeah.
0: I'm interested to hear your take, Ali. What's the most critical in that particular episode?
3: The most critical was when he took his gun and he heard the client speaking to to Dr. Fishing, Fishing, Fishing. It became clear that there is a bigger big bad out there, which
2: was the first time
3: I kind of was like, oh, so there is something bigger than this. These two guys. And the fact we've had Mm. the stormtroopers around it. So there's a pocket still of the empire still out there, and it was the first nod where I was like, okay, if I'm thinking about solo, and I thought, okay, Darth Maul ended up being the bad guy. Is this the first time they're really talking about the Emperor?
2: It might
1: even just be one step above. It might be a moth.
3: I, I, but but it's so underground. I think I think it's I think it's it's the first bit because it was so hidden unless you were really looking for it. That, that I think it's indicating that we're we're gonna see someone quite big and powerful in this series, the big bad.
0: It's, so that's the bit where he gets his little. It's like a scope almost. Yeah, so periscope's got like X-ray vision type thing. Yeah, um, but you he could hear the the. Yeah. No, notice saying, he doesn't. No. no, notice he doesn't have the scope thingy that Boba Fett does on his helmet.
3: No. no. It was also that's when he was uh, talking about the extraction point as well, even further, which yeah. was kind of like, Okay, so this is something to do with cloning and bigger. And then it's something
0: Yeah. yeah. That's a very fair point actually. And yeah, I I after seeing that it does make you think, Hold on, so if this dude is only a middleman for want of a battle word who's gonna become you know, the the big yeah. bad and it's funny when you look at the episode release list none of them have got a name only the ones that they've released already so you you, again you you can't even guess or anything like that um but I think that that's going to be an interesting way and knowing that some of the characters that are coming um like um Ming-Na Wen's character I can't remember the name of who that is um and not to mention some of the other characters like uh oh Gina Carano her character you know she's she's Cara Dune now you start thinking well you've got who are these people then kind of working for to your point Ellie who's going to be the big bad it's five years after the end of the empire who do you know are we going to make a guess is there going to be a link to any of the books that have come before it um what's the trilogy by Chuck Wendig that follows straight on um aftermath you know there are pockets
1: um and Ah, interestingly. Which, well, we, I say we saw in the trailer, we did see um, Giancarlo es, Esposito.
0: Esposito,
1: yeah. Yeah, we, we saw him with or what looked like Death Troopers.
0: And just seeing that, on the Wikipedia page, it says Giancarlo Esposito is a moth Gideon. Oh, so, he's a, so he's a moth, a former governor under the Empire... Whose life changed after the rebels destroyed the second Death Star?
1: But we saw him with, with Death Troopers. So he must be important. He must have. Yeah. He's further up the food chain.
2: Yeah.
1: Yep.
3: Okay, that's, re- that's really interesting. And of course, we still got Snoke out there somewhere. Yeah.
2: True. So that, that's really
3: interesting, isn't it? Like, that's what I mean, that one line, when I watched it the first time, I was like, okay, second time I watched it, I thought, hmm, and by the third, I was like, okay, this, this needs to be looked into a bit more.
1: And that's yeah, why I'm liking it, could, it. Yeah, It could be that they're working for Snoke.
3: Could be. Snoke could be working for the Emperor, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that was his agent to bring him back.
0: Maybe he needs. To... Oh, that's interesting. See, this is it. This is when you see the way that they've kind of crafted this show to become so inquisitive, for want of a better word, to make us as individuals and Star Wars fans have this reaction. You know, Dave Filoni and John Favreau must be seriously rubbing their hands together, thinking, "Yeah, we've actually nailed this." Do you know who's rubbing his hands even more? Bye bye.
3: <clears throat> well. Oh, okay. Because because if this is successful, and I think it will be, and people go and give the new film more of a chance than they were previously prepared to do two months ago, and they go to Galaxy's Edge a bit more, and I think the new ride that's coming there is going to be possibly the best ride anyone's ever seen. All of a sudden, you've turned this hugely negative problem child into one of the Disney flagship, most lucrative parts of their investment portfolio again. Mm. And one TV series is changing all that, by the way.
4: Uh-huh. Well, this is what one we've been t-
0: looking for. That's exactly it, Mira. I think you've hit now right on the head. You know, this is kind of what a lot of the fans probably expected at the start of the Disney revolution, if you want to call it that. Um, but it's taken a while to get there. But I think what they are doing, they, at the moment, they're doing it right. And, I pray to the maker that this is gonna happen with episode nine as well.
3: Well the fact they're already filming season two tells you that it's done incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe they because it's it's a big outlay and you know they, they've canned resistance pretty quickly, haven't they? So it's obviously going very, very well. And you're not hearing too much about that Cassie and Andor series to Dave's point earlier. So yeah, I don't know what's happening with that. So it looks to me like they're focusing more again on people having good discussions like we are today, talking about, could this mean for the Emperor? Could it mean that? What does this mean? Mm. And it's just, I just think it's 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 so lovely to come on. And then, you know, yes, in a few weeks' time, we're probably going to have to talk about what's going to happen in the film and then what happened in the film. But for the moment, it's just so nice to feel like, I don't know, that Star Wars is... He's come home. Yeah.
4: Star Wars. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like after seeing, you know, Star Wars in 77, you are, you're like, hey, guys, did you just see this thing that's called Star Wars? Wasn't it great? And you just talked about how much you loved it.
0: Yes, no? So, yes. No, Sorry. I, so, yeah, I was, I was just appreciating everything team, you were but... saying there, Mara. Yeah. It's, I think, yeah. But for a lot, a, of for
3: a lot of us, we weren't there for that. That's the thing. We, you know, a lot of us weren't there in 77. No, of course not. So, so with, like, the prequels, like, you know, for me, that moment is Revenge of the Sith. But for a lot of people, this might be their first time yeah. that they've had anything like the original trilogy to love. I mean, yes, like, I think most people who love Star Wars kind of do love the Clone Wars, but it's a different thing, animation, to this live action that we're seeing yeah it's different so it's it's actually for for quite a few people the first time and i think that's Mm. great because i do think sorry i'm really not trying to be negative but but when you walk around disneyland it is clear who the star wars fans are and they are older than 30 years old in the majority there aren't many kids walking around with star wars stuff they're wearing marvel and this has the opportunity to readdress that yeah which i think is brilliant
4: well, I don't think it should just stick with the uh, original trilogy, kids. I mean, it's not what it was supposed to be, even in George's mind. Yep. You know, it's for everybody, for every generation to, you know, discover and love and to, and there are new elements and new stories uh, to be like certain chapters or not. You know, it's it's still Star Wars. And for the love of Star Wars, we get, you know, all this other stuff coming. And I can't wait for Obi-Wan mm. and Obi Wan and I mean, yeah. You've got Ewan McGregor just passionate about it. And you know, he did a, as good a service as he did in the movies. How even better um, it, it's going to be uh, now that he's seasoned into the character. And I don't know. There's just so I much just to better director. Yeah. <laughs> what? About a better director?
1: Mm. Yeah. George Lucas was never brilliant at directing.
4: Eh, theme, no, but. no, no. No, he shouldn't have done. Yeah, no. But, but what a story yeah what a story without george we'd have have none of this
1: no we wouldn't
4: and it's just
0: and i don't i don't think there's any coincidence or lack of coincidence in the fact that the thing that makes us feel this way again is created not fully but in part by george lucas's very own padawan yeah yeah Yeah. you know that, that that's not coincidental um and and I do hope that it continues to do so. Just I just did a quick Google just while you guys were having a bit of a chat there. And on day one of Disney Plus Scan Live, The Mandalorian was streamed two over two million times.
2: Yeah.
0: That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And the app was downloaded three point, more than three point two million times. Yeah. But it wasn't even working, Alex. That's what I mean. They had so many issues on day one. Um, 10 million people have subscribed, but the app has been downloaded by over 3.2 million people. Yeah. And, I, you know, to, to your comment earlier on about Bob Iger, they are seriously rubbing their hands together. Um, and I just, I, I, if they carry on doing this, I think our podcast, for one, will take a slightly more hopeful point of view to a not that we've been not that we've been unhopeful um, I think we all, we all we all appreciate what Disney have done with Lucasfilm give or take apart from The Last Jedi um, but nevertheless I think this is this is really a good way to bring the fans back not that a lot of them left but you know what I mean guys and and hopefully listeners will kind of understand the tone that I'm coming from when it comes to saying that the listeners the, the fans will come back to Star Wars not that they've ever left but
3: no I agree just because you were talking about that Alex have you listened or read any of Anthony Daniels comments due to his biography coming out recently about just how much the actors hated what's
0: happened in 7 and 8 I've seen bits and pieces not a lot but I get the impression that they're all a bit like what on earth is going on particularly Kerry Fisher and and Mark Hamill and others but it just goes to show
3: That perhaps when the fans have been saying, Oh, you're wrong or you're wrong, well, the best people were the actors. And we'd sort of heard it in various Mm. parts, but we mainly was Mark Hamill. We didn't know it was other people. But now we've got Anthony Daniels actually on record saying, No, no, no. People were going through the read throughs and saying, What is this about? This isn't our characters. On seven as well as eight. Mm, Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's going to be interesting to see what happens about Han Solo.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Han, Han Solo was going to I it
3: means more than us.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it provides a bit of justification that, that what Coach. we felt was right. Yeah. Was right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I am conscious of the fact, guys, we have been going for an hour and 40 odd minutes. <laughs> and maybe 10 minutes of that's been on the Mandalorian plotline. <laughs> <laughs> and this is just three episodes in. Um,. <laughs> So I think we might be at a time to wrap up because we've got a hell of a lot of other Star Wars stuff to talk about. You know, we haven't even gone into the, us going to galaxy's edge. Some of the latest news is coming out about episode nine rumors about Kevin Feige for something being announced in 2020 in January about the new film. There's, there's so much new content coming out for Star Wars. It is an amazing time to be a Star Wars fan. And that is obviously being spearheaded by the Mandalorian at the moment. Yeah. Um, We've got new
3: trailers and, and new video games as well because, as we know, Dave playing that. Dave, how are you finding that
0: game just quickly? I love it. What was that? <laughs> what, what was that? <laughs> for, for the benefit of anyone that... For anyone that isn't a cat or a dog that can hear sonar, um, that, that was Dave saying that he
1: loves it. it okay. In, in, in short, because I know that we're tight, one time it reminds me so much of both Jedi outcast which was a game of about 12 14 years ago and the the Knights of the Old Republic um, role-play game not not the um, massive multiplayer online one but the actual story driven games done by Bioware it It has a combination of a really clever story, a really well-put-together story with good puzzles to try and unlock, but also a fantastic world to explore, to look around. The scenery is stunning. The music is on point. Um, And the combat system is very clever in that you can, you can dial it back so that it becomes story mode or you can have it hardcore heavy battle. It's, it's a very, very clever game. Very clever game. I love it. And my boys love it. All three of us have got separate profiles on the Xbox and all three of us are working our way through it.
3: <laughs> so Star Wars is back, yeah?
1: Star Wars is back.
3: Yeah.
0: So <laughs> on that bombshell... Final thoughts from everyone on the Mandalorian. Mirror, starting with you. Uh,
4: I can't wait for the next uh, the next uh, chapter. This is just it's got me glued. I'm on my edge of my seat, and I can't stop smiling. I just noticed that last night when I was watching <laughs> all three episodes yet again, um, that my face hurt at the end, <laughs> at the end of uh, chapter two, even because it was. I'm thrilled, I am thrilled, and I absolutely love it and adore it, and I want more.
0: Yes, perfect answer. Ali?
3: Um, I think that we should try and do our podcast a little bit more frequently now, because there's so much content coming out at the mm. moment with The Mandalorian, and the thing is, I'm more excited than at any point since I joined the Jedi Council to talk about the positive things of Star Wars right now. And that's just a brilliant, brilliant feeling to have.
1: We launched as a Jedi Council on the opening night of The Last Jedi.
0: That was a bad omen, really, when you think about it. Uh... (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: (sighs) Anyway, Dave, your final thoughts, mate.
1: (laughs) Final thoughts are my first thoughts. Star Wars is back. Star Wars is home. Chewy, we're home. Hmm. So this time we really are.
0: <laughs> so, my final,
1: yeah, loving it. Uh,
0: can't wait to get, can't wait to get to the next episode. To Echo Mirror's point now. Um, oh, the problem is it drops on a Friday, you know, and when it drops at five o'clock in the morning. Eastern time. That's 10 o'clock in the morning here in the UK. I'm at work. We're all at work. It's just so frustrating trying to have to wait until work is done to get to that particular episode. That's that's a bugbear. But hey-ho. Mm.
2: Um,
0: I'm living with it because you know, it gives you something to look forward to when you get home on a Friday night.
2: Um,
0: <clears throat> and with that, we are the Jedi Council. Thank you very much for listening to us uh, again. Uh, you can find us at www.the-jedi-council.com interact with us on a variety of social media platforms we are on twitter at the jedi underscore council you can find us on instagram we are at the jedi underscore council underscore tjc you can find us friend us follow us on facebook at tjc underscore the jedi council you can hit us up on any of those particular social media channels to engage with us on any of our thoughts on star wars whether that be the mandalorian what you're looking forward to on episode nine not to mention the fact that you can download our podcast on many different podcast platforms ios podcast app uh player.fm soundcloud Uh, we are on spotify as well find us give us a review give us a like give us a five star like they're the only ones that we like no be serious. Be interactive. Hopefully you guys are going to come back for more. This is only the three episode, first three episodes of The Mandalorian that we are going through. And we will be going through each episode in a lot more detail in the future. And with that, may the Force be with you.
1: Remember, the Force will be with you.